In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. All who are thirsty, come to the water. You who have no money, come, buy, and eat. Why pay money for something that will not nourish you? Why spend your hard-earned money on something that will not satisfy? Isaiah 55, 1 through 2. Funny that I decided to use this verse again today. I must have been thinking about the message because this morning I sat down and reread it and realized something awesome. I'm going to be transparently honest with you for a moment. For years, I've known I was going to inherit from my parents. Then, when I went with my mother to change her will, the lawyer asked her if she knew what she was doing, and Mum said, of course I do. I want all my money to go to the children, not to a nursing home or to the government. That's why we saved it, for the children. Knowing this, I must have been lulled into a false sense of security by the prospect of one day being bailed out, as it were, by an unearned inheritance from my parents. I paid for something that will not nourish or satisfy by believing money would be the answer to my worries. Now the inevitable has happened. Nothing's changed for me. I still worry about finances, what to do with the money, how to be a good steward of something my parents worked so hard for. I don't feel the satisfaction I expected. Instead, I have a sinking feeling. This morning, when I reread this verse, I remembered how putting my trust in material things would only lead to disappointment. And Isaiah's right. Look for the eternal gift. It will nourish and satisfy forever. Hello, welcome to the Sociable Homeschooler. I'm your host, Vivian McNenny. Good morning, Texans. Good afternoon, fellow Brits. I hope you're ready for a fabulous day. My guest this week is Gretchen Rowe from the Calvert School. She's going to talk to us about her career and how it fits in with homeschooling. I'll also share with you some of our ups and downs as we find ourselves maintaining two households on two continents, carpets, dreams, and boyfriends. So bring your cereal and juice or your afternoon coffee with a gypsy pie and enjoy this hour with me in England. But first things first, I need to touch on the riots occurring here in my fair city. Although I've not been in the thick of it, we've been affected even in our out-of-the-way little town of Beckenham. It all began with the fatal shooting of a young man by police on August the 4th in Tottenham, North London, and the police's lack of response when confronted by family, neighbours and supporters of the dead youth. To date, to date, 111 police have been injured and 1,100 arrests have been made across the country. On Tuesday afternoon, our high street started to close down early on the advice of the local police as rioting and looting began to edge further south. In Bromley, a 10-minute bus ride away and where Malia works, several stores were broken into and robbed. We saw smashed windows and boarded up shop fronts as we walked the streets yesterday. 
In Croydon and Lewisham, also really close, fires, skirmishes and looting has occurred. We were in Chelsea on Sunday afternoon and that night an antique store was broken into on the King's Road. With an additional 16,000 police out on the streets, it's hardly fair to say the press are making it sound worse than it really is. It's bad. All police leave has been cancelled. The Prime Minister and the Mayor of London cut their holidays short. And Parliament is in emergency session to come up with a solution to the problem that's escalated out of control, but which has been simmering for years. The tubes have been closed and we see police in pairs on the train platforms we pass through and patrolling the streets. Main reason for the riots are said to be poor relations between the police and the black community in London and other cities, Birmingham, Nottingham, Liverpool and Bristol, where there are also significant working class populations, high poverty, unemployment levels and multiculturalism um, are being blamed. Some newspapers here have referred to the riots as recreational violence, and one of them supported the public outcry for police to use water cannon and plastic bullets in an attempt to teach the thugs to respect the law of the land the hard way and protect innocent civilians and business owners. Londoners have joined together in an attempt to clean up what has been estimated as millions of pounds worth of damage. Yesterday, a woman behind me at the shop said, the police get no respect except when they're out in force. This is a sorry commentary on the youth of today who can get stirred up by car fires and gang mania to take the law into their own hands. This lady continued to say how she'd fully expected a curfew to be called and the troops to be brought in, but then she added, but we don't have any troops, they're all abroad. True that. Leave the mothers in charge and there'd be no mercy. The rioters would be sent to bed with a good hiding, no supper and lights out. Well, over the last couple of weeks, I've mentioned Gypsy Pie, and I know you're curious about this delectable sweet treat. It has its roots in Kent, the county that stretches from Broadstairs to Beckenham, and was a regular item on the local school lunch menus back in the 70s. It's very easy to make and extremely sweet but good with tea or coffee. This is what you do. Just whisk a 14-ounce tin of evaporated milk with 12 ounces of dark brown sugar, Pour it into a pie crust and bake it for 10 minutes in a hot oven, about 400 degrees Fahrenheit. It will not completely set until it's cool. If more calories are needed, then top with whipped cream or ice cream. Uh Uh-oh, I think I'm going to have to make myself one after the show. Our carpet went down last week. The colour is perfect, good and warm feeling. But it shows every speck of dust and I catch myself doing what my mother used to do, stooping to pick up bits of fluff and other invisibles, at least to my untrained eye. I'm learning not to look down. The fitters only took five hours. Initially there were three of them, thank goodness. But then it went down to two as one cut his arm so badly on a knife he had in his pocket that he had to take himself to the hospital for stitches. Did you get that? He drove himself to hospital with a six-inch-long, one-inch-deep gash in his forearm, but he came back and helped finish the last room and hallway. What a trooper. During the time the carpet fitters were here, our leather sofas arrived, so we had two more workmen in our flat. Luckily, the weather was fine, so we were able to sit outside away from the hustle and bustle of furniture moving and carpet removal and laying. The furniture was too big for our little English doorways, actually it was the French windows, and the couches had to come in through one of our south-facing picture windows. Yep, through the window. 
all the men in the house gathered as the window was unscrewed and lifted right out and into the lounge. It was a real sight, but effortless in the end. Now when we sell the flat, we'll have to include the furniture. The movers did a wonderful job. They accepted a cup of coffee, milk with two sugars, and left our living room looking quite different. Slowly, the flat's becoming ours. And talking about making the flat ours, do you remember that our main reason behind coming to England was to take care of my mother? We were going to live in the flat and any money normally spent on outside carers was going to be allocated to us to help with our general housekeeping. At least that was the very human plan. Not only were we plagued with setbacks while preparing to leave our home in America, remember the renters fell through six weeks before our departure, now we had setbacks piled upon us within days of our arrival. I've been landed with all the bills, taxes and dues to pay on another home. The secondary reason behind coming to England was to get us out of this deep rut and find gainful employment in another job market, an ongoing and at times disheartening process. Our plan is to stick with the original decision we made and prayed about eight months ago. As it turns out, it is not quite what I imagined, but God has a plan. And my blue-eyed cowboy and I are both working towards it albeit blindly at the moment. One major piece of advice that stands out from my Stephen ministry training whenever I'm faced with pitfalls is not to do anything quickly. Pray about it, wait until everything feels balanced again. A knee-jerk reaction may result in further grief, confusion, panic, sense of a deeper loss. We thought we knew what we were planning on doing, but to be honest, I think God used our superficial knowledge looking after mum to get us on the path he wanted us on, if that makes sense. So we wait and enjoy and try not to worry too much about the escalating cost of keeping two homes afloat. Slowly, things are coming into perspective. It's only been two months and already my thought patterns are changing, but more about that another time. Our daughter's boyfriend arrived last Thursday and she moved into our bedroom on a blow-up mattress with earplugs to keep out the white noise graciously provided for us by my Texan all night. She initially balked at this idea just because she's homeschooled doesn't exempt her from doing her teenage job brilliantly. But she soon realized it would be the only quite criteria that would allow him entrance to our flat overnight. The visit has been a test of faith. For those of you who have teenage children on the verge of moving away to college and out of your minute-by-minute loving and attentive care, the only advice I can give you is to trust they've absorbed all the values you instilled in them while they were in your exclusive care. Any more than that will drive you crazy. That being said, she and her boyfriend have started their few days of traveling, first to Salisbury, and then Bath, and then yesterday they went off to Paris. Yes, they're staying in hotels, and yes, they have separate rooms, and no, I'm not going to fret. She texts regularly. What a good girl. We've already been treated to the Salisbury Bath photographs and a detailed account of their sightseeing activities, pubs visited and meals partaken of. They're fast learning that without parental intervention, Money doesn't go as far as it did on paper. Today, they're going to spend the whole day in Paris doing all the touristy stuff. They've done the Eiffel Tower. They're going to do the Louvre and Notre Dame. And they're going to walk up the Champs-Élysées and probably, what, have coffee 
at a little French cafe or maybe some ice cream and they're going to have a thoroughly romantic time. And they'll be back tomorrow evening. And in fact, their journey is by bus and it takes eight to ten hours as they drive. I guess the only respite they get from being on the bus is when they're on the ferry crossing the channel. So um, we'll be looking forward for their to their return tomorrow. And then her boyfriend goes back on Monday. So um, we'll see how that pans out after 10 days of being together for day in, day out. Anyway, I've got to go on a break now. And um, when I come back, I'll be talking to my guest, Gretchen Rowe. So don't be long. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNitty, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. This is a no-brainer. This is about saving money. It's extreme couponing in an everyday world. And it's on Toginet, Fridays at 11 a.m. Eastern, noon Central, with your hosts, Joni Deemer and Heather Wheeler. These crazy coupon ladies have been seen on TLC, The Today Show, Reader's Digest, In Touch, and so much more. Check out their website, the crazy spelled with a K, couponlady.com. Then join Heather Wheeler and Joni Deemer as these crazy coupon ladies show you how to find coupons and stack them for huge savings. How to make passers-by gape at your cart full of groceries you purchased for 75% off retail. Extreme Couponing will give you the confidence to strut down the aisles and flaunt your coupons and maybe even wear high heels to the grocery store. It's Extreme Couponing in an everyday world with your hosts, Joni Deemer and Heather Wheeler. Every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 12 noon Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. Right, well, I'm back in this morning, afternoon. I'm delighted to welcome back Gretchen Rowe, a homeschooling mom of six, ranging in age from five to early 20s. Gretchen uses the Calvert curriculum, and she's also their community liaison. She lives just outside Annapolis, Maryland, and is a busy lady this summer. She's been talking at conferences about homeschooling versus school at home. And she's also a regular contributor to Calvert School's online blog community. And today we're going to be looking at her career, if we can keep ourselves from chit-chatting about lots of other things. And she's going to be offering us advice on how to prepare our children for life after school. Welcome, Gretchen. <laughs> Hi, Vivian. I have to say I just absolutely got such a kick out of your uh, statement about um, being a uh, homeschool teenager does not exempt one from being a teenager. Uh, we've been through that in our house this summer, too. So you have so what's been going on. Timed comment. <laughs> so so what, have, what have you been doing? Well, my eldest son got married the second week of July, uh, the first week of July, and uh, that was very exciting, um, but a tremendous amount of ascendant chaos there. And then we just packed my middle daughter back off to school in the Midwest. Um, She's going to be a resident assistant this year, so there was um, 
a little bit of drama that goes with uh, getting everything together and back out the door again. And uh, mm-hmm. we're preparing my youngest daughter for her senior year of high school. So colleges are driving us insane and calling us. And there's yeah. never a dull moment here. No, I'm sure not. And you also have a younger, two younger I do. Ones. I have a sixth grader and a first grader who is completely... Um, rabidly excited about beginning first grade and upset about the fact that he won't get to do that for another week and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, Calvert is such that you could, um, you know, kind of almost have him reading something on his own. Uh, The only reason we're not beginning school is because we're having carpet replaced in our schoolroom. And so um, he has been into his box of books a couple of times in the living room Mm -hmm. already. And, uh, um, he said, Mom, the only thing that's missing from this is you. <laughs> I won't start with him. Oh. Oh, oh, that's so sweet. You know, when, when I was cleaning out everything to move here, because we, we kind of made the decision to move just around Christmas time or whatever, so we started the marathon cleanup, 26 years worth of stuff in our house. I can't and, imagine. Um, Oh, I, I didn't know that we, we really weren't, we're not hoarders really, but anyway. And so I went through and I found all of the Calvert books that I had used when I used Calvert and the readers. And so I have, you know, I have a, a good friend who I mentored um, to homeschool and I said to her, oh, you'll love these, my children. I mean, they looked at them and they're, they're like in their twenties and they're going, oh, I remember, I remember Mr. Fig. Do you still have Mr. Fig, those Mr. Fig books? <laughs> Do you? Yes. He's still around in a slightly different iteration, but he's still here. I know. And they're going, oh, my gosh. And then, of course, they're so beautifully presented and the pictures are so lovely and colorful. And the print is just perfect. So, you know, and so I just had to share them. I thought they can't just sit in my attic forever. Somebody else, some other child has to experience these books. So um, I did pass them on to my my homeschooling friend and she just said, oh, they're just great. So that's great. That's That's wonderful. All right. Now, Gretchen, we're going to talk actually about your career, because although I know a lot about you and Calvert and some of your personal life and stuff, I don't really know how you got to the the place where you are as far as um, work and homeschool. So um, one of the first questions I usually ask people is when you were a child, what did you dream about doing when you grew up? You you prompted me with this earlier in the week, and I had to laugh because I thought, well, if I really confessed what I dreamed about doing, it was marrying Captain Kirk on Star Trek. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I really, in all honesty, did not know what I would do, but I knew that uh, I would be doing something independent. My parents were business owners, and I assumed that I would grow up to own a business as well. <clears throat> and I did that for 15 years um, in conjunction with homeschooling my children health issues caused me to have to lay that down um, several years ago. And um, it was about that time that um, actually one of our Calvert advisory teachers approached me asking me if I would like to um, speak about my Calvert experience um, in a public venue. And I have always loved to speak publicly. I'm one of those oddball uh, people who enjoy having the opportunity to talk to other people at any any venue in any capacity in any size and so I said yes and that was really it was sort of a providential accident that launched me in this direction and I have uh, grown and learned an enormous amount Um, public relations is kind of something that I have done by accident in my own private 
life for an, an enormous number of years, but being able to marry that with my love of educating my children has been a real serendipity. Um, so did you go to college? What did you did. study? And yeah, so I, did. So I actually did um, went to the University of Georgia and then um, my husband and I married and we lived overseas for five years. So I took a seven year summer vacation right. and um, <laughs> uh, finished 39 semester hours in a calendar year working 30 hours a week with a two year old. Mm-hmm. And my degree Amazing. is in child development, but that does not necessarily mean that I know exactly what's going on with my own children, although I can Mm -hmm. probably wax eloquent on someone else's (laughs) children. (laughs) Um, But um, uh, I was actually enrolled in a Ph.D. program while we were trying to decide whether I would have a second child or not. And so my Mm -hmm. 21-year-old son is my Ph.D. Uh Oh. And (laughs) And you went on and had three more after that. We did. Well, uh, frankly, I was waiting on results of my GRE, and oh. um, my pregnancy test came back before the GRE results, so I never opened the GRE letter. Oh. <laughs> <That is laughs> and funny. there's no regrets so there. Funny. It was definitely the right direction to be called in, and um, uh. he's awesome. So. Uh. So um, your degree is in child development, and you said you had um, – an independent, you had a business that you uh, I did, for, I did. Like, I worked, um, um, I had my own business. I was a consultant to uh, businesses who wanted to um, uh, maintain employee morale or retention or uh, recruitment purposes and um, a consultant to um, incentivize um, uh, uh, companies in the uh, the the 90s and the early 2000s when the market was really kicking and companies were um, looking to broaden their consumer base by incentivizing their customers. I was a consultant in that capacity. It was a lot of fun. Right. I really enjoyed it. But um. So um, that's kind of suggesting to me that even though um, – and now we're talking out – you know, we're kind of doing a little careers pitch here. So, um, you know, some some parents might – wonder where they're going to kind of steer their children, you know, with their strengths and that and how they're going to help them because, you know, it's all down to mom. We don't have careers um, counsellors in our home schools and, you know, we can use them at, at our colleges and that, but I'm talking about maybe 13, 14-year-olds who are still, you know, sort of full-time homeschool. Um, you, you, so your degree was in one thing, but you obviously, I mean, it sounds as though you were doing business. You weren't actually, exactly. I would think if, if you were doing child development, I would think you were going to to go into teaching, but obviously you didn't. So a degree is a degree, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you'll, you know, you have to work in that field. Absolutely. In fact, what we've often told our children is a college education is a um, um, a ticket punch, if you will, um, and mm-hmm. insofar as what you would choose to do, and um, that does not necessarily mean that what you choose to do with your life is what your academics are. I think we do a a tremendous disservice to kids in this country when we say to them at 15 years old, well, what do you want to do as an adult? Mm -hmm. You know, when when most average Americans will have 15 different jobs in their careers and they're not always in the same related field. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the things that has been beneficial in my family is because we have been homeschooled, we have 
given our children the opportunity to test drive different things that they thought they wanted to do mm-hmm. while they've been at home with us. So, um, mm-hmm. for instance, my 19-year-old daughter really thought that she wanted to do um, either veterinary medicine or animal behavior. So she worked in a veterinary office for a year. And at the conclusion mm-hmm. of that time, she said, mm, no, I don't think that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. She could have mm-hmm. walked all the way down an academic path before yeah. changing her mind. So that was mm-hmm. beneficial to be able yeah. to do that. Yeah. It is. Um, so you say that most Americans have 15 different jobs in their careers. So how, how many, I mean, have you changed jobs a lot? Um, I have. I have been a jack-of-all-trades with uh, my husband's military career since we moved so often. Um, I uh, chose to work temporary work for a number of years and loved that because it was always different. Um, yeah. But um, I think uh, I, I have to laugh because my, my own children have watched my rather checkered career, if you will, the different things that I have done. My eldest daughter decided at 15 that she wanted to be engaged in uh, uh, pro-life activities. She actually did an internship at 18 uh, in college and um, ultimately majored in government and public policy. And now at the age of 25 and a half is a development director for um, uh, a regional pregnancy center. Hmm. And that was... She's one of the few young adults I know who actually decided at 15 what she wanted to do, walked that path out, and is now living her dream, if you will. Well, you know, my son did exactly the same thing. He is actually at this moment while we speak giving a talk about his homeschool and how it led him exactly where he wanted to go. At 11, he wanted to work with animals, so he volunteered at the local shelter. Today, at 23... He is a keeper at the Dallas Zoo, having gone all, you know, yeah. So he went to A&M, got his degree, his science degree, and is exactly, he's living his dream. And, uh, yeah, and that was from 11. (laughs) (laughs) I remember one of my daughter's friends at the age of 11. We were um, another Calvert kid. We were actually together doing some schoolwork one day, and um, she said across the table, we were talking about... um, where do you think you're going to be led as an adult? And she said, well, I want to be a police officer. And I think we gave her a hard time, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. But she today, she ha- has a degree in uh, law enforcement and justice, and she is indeed a police officer in our county. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. some kids know what they want to do. Others need some guidance. And um, for those of you who are just joining us, I'm talking to Gretchen Rowe, community liaison for the Calvert School. We're talking about her career and how she managed to make it work with her family and homeschooling. And uh, we have to go on a short break. And afterwards, we will continue um, talking about how we can encourage our children and gear them towards what it is they want to do. They can do little bits of exploratory um, forays out into the world while they're homeschooling and um, look and see what lives what they're going to do with their lives once school is finished or is it ever finished i wonder anyway go get yourself a cup of tea and come back for more of gretchen and me
How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Information is power, the power to change your life. So be here for Education to Excellence. Some of the most valuable information you may ever receive will be shared with you 7 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday night with Education to Excellence with your host, Bruce Beichman. You'll benefit from insightful shows featuring guests that are proven experts in their field. Little-known facts on how to improve your health by making one very simple change in your morning routine. If you're a high school graduate or working adult and a bachelor's, master's, or doctorate degree from an accredited college would change your life, you won't want to miss this. Education to excellence. Shift your career into high gear without ever attending a traditional college class. Learn investment strategies from proven experts who have a track record of helping normal individuals build abnormal wealth. Check out their website, education, the number two, excellence.com. Then join us for the show, Education to Excellence, with your host, Bruce Beichman. Tuesday nights at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on toginet.com. The Mary Beth Wells Hour is a talk radio show where we reach out, reach deep, and talk about topics of substance. We'll cover points of interest, such as World War II and the Holocaust, the Vietnam War, the planets and the oceans, skydiving, rock climbing, and much, much more. Join me every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we delve into and discuss fascinating subjects. It's a program to pique your interest for sure. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Okay, Gretchen. So um, a lot of reasons why um, women shy away from homeschooling their children is that they think they're going to completely give up on themselves and um, not be able to have a life because they're just so busy, um, you know, caring for their children and educating them and, and everything. And I, over the years, have talked to quite a few mothers who have their own businesses at home. And um, you're one of them. Uh, you don't actually have a business at home, but I know that you um, No work, longer, so but we no did, long- yes. Yes, you did. So tell me, how did that work with your homeschooling? I mean, did you get stressed when you knew that you had a deadline coming? You're in the middle of teaching a math problem to the kids or what? Whatever. <laughs> tell me. Yes, that, that <laughs> does happen. Um, I think it does take a, a bit of a type A personality who can multitask and um, sort of do one thing um, at a time or one thing at a time altogether is yeah. is a phrase that is uh, frequently um, said at my household where mm-hmm. um, sometimes we'll have to task people to do things in order to organize ourselves. Um, for instance, my 12-year-old has been tasked today to amuse his six-year-old brother so I could talk to you and those kinds okay. of things. Yeah. But um, we have... Uh, We've always been able to make it work. My husband has uh, worked from home for a number of years. He's had a couple of different businesses, and I have been involved with those as well. Um, I think it does help to be able to have uh, a capacity to do a lot of things 
mm-hmm. um, since I always uh, seem to manage to get myself into many many pursuits at once. Um, it is uh, it is always uh, very fun. I would encourage families to um, to let their children be involved in that process of um, uh, work for the family. I know many homeschool families who pursue some sort of uh, career that their children can be involved in that process, and I think that makes mm-hmm. a difference as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you are the um, community liaison for Calvert School. So does that take you away? Do you travel? How does that actually work? It, t- it does. It takes me all over the place. Um, I work from home. The majority of my time is, is from home um, here. I conduct um, webinars for families all over the world who log into a webinar and listen to me do a presentation about Calvert. Um, this fall, we hope to do some uh, actual instruction, uh, webinar instruction with um, some uh, things that I have done this summer. I took a program on the road this year to several homeschooling conferences called uh, Teaching Your Middle Schoolers Time Management Skills. Mm-hmm. And so we're hoping to actually adapt that a little bit to the web. I do travel during the homeschool conference season. I I, visit, I attended 11 conferences this year. So um, there were many weekends that found me out the door on Thursday morning and not back until Sunday. Um, okay. Thankfully, with the Calvert curricula, two, two reasons. One, because the, the lesson manuals are so thoroughly prepared, but two, because the online components are supplementary. Mm-hmm. We could do school even though I was sitting in a hotel room in Kansas and my son was in our classroom here in Maryland, and we mm-hmm. could accomplish that. Mm-hmm. And so obviously that's when your husband steps up to the, um, the Sometimes. Plate. I have to tell you in all honesty, um, uh, he, uh, that's a role he's not particularly comfortable in. He was happy to work with the kindergartner, working with the fifth grader. It wasn't a role that he was particularly mm-hmm. – that. The irony of this is, is he's the one with the degree in education, mm-hmm. but spent 30 years in sales. So um, uh, sometimes my 16-year-old daughter would step into that role occasionally. Um, even uh, friends of ours who were ex-Calvert uh, families would uh, step into that role. So um, you just have to practice the art of flexibility. In fact, my children tease me that they're going to carve on my tombstone my favorite phrase, which is flexibility is a sign of intelligence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. I agree with that. Because, you know, if you're not flexible, then you just are your own worst enemy. You really right. are. Because, you know, you don't, you, can't, you don't make it pleasant for yourself and you end up just, just you know, just getting so, well, I just get short and really stressed out and I I go it doesn't matter and the children don't really notice half the time you know I'm telling my my friends of mine don't worry about the schedule that much you know the children aren't going to notice if you're not sticking to the schedule you know it's only going to be you that's right and you know one of the things I think is so important is and I say this in every webinar and every presentation I do is any one day can be a miserable experience or a mountaintop experience, but it's not a single day that makes a homeschool family. It's the sum of all those days together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, have you been to lots of interviews yourself? Have you conducted interviews yourself, or is what you do something that because you work for yourself and you're sort of an entrepreneur-type person that you've never really had to go to an interview? 
you know, I have um, I have been to many interviews over my career and my life, and I have interviewed people when I had my own business. I've interviewed people who have worked for me um, at one point in my career. I actually worked for a company that um, helped people prepare to interview for their first job, helped young mm-hmm. adults prepare for the marketplace by creating resumes and, and coaching them through the interview process. Mm-hmm. And um, I think probably the most important skill that a homeschool family can teach their children is to be able to teach them to engage others. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I find very often families, when they'll say to me, when they raise socialization as an objective for mm-hmm. homeschooling, the, the challenge that I find is that um, they have not allowed their children to learn how to relate to other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, we practice um, social conversation in our household, and, and I think it's a mistake to assume that social conversation is created just by environment. You have to practice and teach your children, all right, in, in a situation when you're meeting someone new, what are the questions you would like to ask of them to get to know them a little bit? Mm, that's interesting. So um, does Calvert offer a course in that? No, they don't. But I do have to say that um, some of the Calvert um, course work that I have um, engaged in in compositions over the years has um, has. Um, t- taught me that that, that, that is a, a beneficial or a providential possibility. I remember years ago a, a composition assignment for one of my daughters that was how would you, it was teaching someone from a foreign country how to um, navigate a social conversation in America. And of course, now that you're living in England, you know that those social conversations are not necessarily the same in oh. in different mm-hmm. countries. So mm-hmm. that really was sort of a light bulb for me to realize that I needed to actively teach my children how to socially engage other people. Mm-hmm. And most of my kids will talk to a post. So um, <laughs> uh, I really think that that is something that is cultivated. As a matter of fact, my daughter, who's um, going to be an RA this year, always said that she was the reticent child. But she got off to college and realized she was reticent but found people very fascinating. And because of that, she has been able to evolve to um, working this year as an RA with um, uh, a whole group of young women. And I think it's going to be a very exciting year for her. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so when does, when does school actually start? Where are we, the middle of August? So. Um, school for her, I think the students come back to the college on the 20th. She actually flew out on the 9th because they were, they're going through RA training this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, actually one of her assignments is this morning she gets to interview the president of the college. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> so I said to her, so how do you feel about that? She drew her name out of a hat. I said, how do you oh, feel yeah. about that? She said, well, it'll be a fascinating experience, Mom. <laughs> yeah, it will. It'll be something to write home about, my mom always Absolutely. used to say. You know, you so, said something um, earlier about kids and your son finding what he wanted to do at the age of 11, and I wanted to say that one of the things as parents that we should encourage our children to do is to do something they love and the financial reward will follow that. Yeah, yeah, um, My eldest son 
went off to college as a biology major and was one of the most miserable sorts Mm -hmm. his freshman year of college. And I finally said to him one day, what is it that you'd really like to do? And he said, well, if I I wanted to do, I'd major in graphics design. Mm -hmm. I said, then why aren't you doing that? He said, because there's a million graphics designers. And I said, yeah, but if if they were as committed to doing it as you think you will be, do you not think that they would be successful? And two years later, he has his own business. He's mm-hmm. paying his way through college, and he's quite successful at what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a son in the film business, and, you know, he loves it, but it's not financially secure at all. Mm-hmm. But he he couldn't imagine doing anything else. And I, I think, well, good. He'll, he'll just work his budget around what he actually has. And, you know, he's learned at home that we don't kind of overstretch and overstep our boundaries as far as finances go and just live within our means. And everybody can do that. That's right. That's right. And mm-hmm. what a valuable lesson to be able to teach your children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The government certainly isn't teaching it to us. <laughs> Uh, no comment. <laughs> no, we won't go there. We won't go there. We, um, we've got a couple of minutes before our next break, and when we come back, I just want you to um, give us uh, your Calvert School um, website. And uh, I guess it still says I have two minutes, so I'm going to ask you, what is the most exciting aspect of your career? Oh, I absolutely love getting to know families as they begin their homeschooling careers. This just Mm -hmm. is so exciting for me to see the light bulbs go off in families' eyes when they realize that they can take responsibility for their children's education. And I I think we've been fed um, quite a line here in the United States that says um, that uh, the government is better suited to educate our children. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's the truth. I think an interested parent engaged in the process of educating their children will exceed a government's expectations in every instance. Oh, well, yes. I mean, I've spoken to um, people who say that every child learns in a different way. And as homeschoolers, we can teach each one of our children the perfect way that they learn. So, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, when I come back, Gretchen and I are going to be talking about um, where you can go to find Calvert Curriculum and how the Calvert Curriculum will help you best teach your children at home to prepare them for whatever it is they aspire to do in the future. So go grab yourself another little drink or whatever it is you're going to do and come right back. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Get ready for the Not-So-Soccer Mom, Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central, on Toginat with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not-So-Soccer Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. Everybody In the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website, and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. 
What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Bomb with Jill Hickey. Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Booyah! That's the word uttered when you know you have the upper hand. Or you're the winner. Well, now we have the Booyah Radio Hour with Martin Brassi. Tuesdays at 9, 8 Central on toginet.com. Martin's show is all about helping speakers and authors find their niche create their brand, and achieve massive success. Each week, Martin will interview guests from around the world who have achieved tremendous success as speakers and authors. You'll find out who they are, what they do, and how you can follow in their footsteps to achieve incredible results. Guests will come from around the world of business, entertainment, finance, the arts, and sciences. Nothing is off topic. No subject too taboo. We'll share valuable information as well as huge laughs as we discover the ups and downs of being a successful speaker and author. The Booyah Radio Hour with Martin Pressey. Tuesdays at 9, 8 Central on Togedat.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Well, Gretchen, um, what's the best address for Calvert online? Homeschool.calvertschool.org. Oh, so homeschool.calvertschool.org. That's correct. Yeah. And um, why, in what way does Calvert Curriculum prepare students for the future, do you think? Well, one of the things that we have found in our family is that um, Calvert teaches your child the ability to learn the skill of executive function. Part Mm -hmm. of... um, Part of the benefit of Calvert is the fact that by the time your child reaches the middle school years, the materials are actually written to them. And as a parent, I am no longer in the role of just instructor. I rather am in the role of facilitator. I'm helping them find the answers to the questions they're exploring and learning to manage their time and stay on task and meet deadlines and those kinds of things. And that's one of the reasons that colleges are so embracing of homeschoolers in this day and age is because they cultivate that skill of executive function to a higher degree than a lot of uh, public and private schools do. Mm-hmm. And so Calvert was instrumental in helping my adult children learn to manage their time. And so that's why we, part of the reason as a family we have been so committed to it for so many years because we've seen the fruit in our children who utilize the curricula. You know, it's interesting that you should say that because I belong in America to an arts council and once a year we go into schools, public schools, to see um, how they're faring with the arts and how um, kids can take what they're learning in school out into maybe, um, you know, community theatres or arts or um, music or whatever. And um, we, a lot of the teachers said, you know, my kids don't know how to be creative. If I gave them a lot of materials like some seashells and beads and crayons and paints and that kind of stuff and said, um, just do whatever you want to do with this. They'll say, well, tell us what to do with it. Then we'll do it. But don't just say, do whatever you want with it. 
<laughs> and, you know, that was just, I, I noticed that so much going in because, you know, you're trying to do a choreography class or um, an improv class or something like that. The children really did not function well unless they were told exactly what to do then they were good but Mm -hmm. they couldn't come up with the ideas themselves and i thought that is so sad you know that they can't do that and cal that you're right and homeschooling encourages children to get out there and you know sort of be self-motivating and and work stuff out for themselves and and learn how to read and take instruction you know on paper or that's right make up their own instructions or whatever for whatever they want to do that's right yeah, uh, yeah. One of the things that I have found exciting this past year is that Calvert has launched several new initiatives um, in states where families <clears throat> can have the opportunity to avail themselves of the Calvert curriculum, but it's a state-sponsored effort. And huh. so um, you remember at the beginning of the conversation, you spoke about the differences school at home and homeschooling. Mm-hmm. It, when we homeschool, we really are responsible for rowing our own boat. And mm-hmm. um, having the opportunity to avail yourself of a public model that provides you the ability to have the autonomy to educate your children at home, to me, is a, is a perfect bridge for some families who feel like I don't have the wherewithal to take mm-hmm. the shelves and make something beautiful, mm-hmm. but I might be able to, with the help of some sort of supervisory oversight from uh, a state capacity, to be able to be in that interim position of educating my children at home um, with someone's uh, help and assistance. So it's been exciting Mm -hmm. for me to be involved on the front end with some of these new endeavors that Calvert is creating, watching families who couldn't see themselves with the independence of homeschooling now see themselves with the independence of being able to school at home through a public virtual model or something like that. Mm -hmm. So that's been an interesting year, too. Yeah, well, Calvert has changed a lot in the 20 years that I, when I first started to use it, and um, obviously has changed over the 100 years or more that it's been in um, in business, and hopefully the next years we'll see even more changes. Um, right, right. You know, technology is becoming so ubiquitous. Um, one of mm-hmm. the things I will say about Calvert that I appreciate is the fact that Calvert still believes that the best educational tool in a family's arsenal is the relationship between a parent and child, and Mm -hmm. uh, technology is never going to usurp that. So they have very carefully crafted technology as a wonderful supplementation to uh, a classically constructed education, and and I really appreciate that. Uh, Mm -hmm. That makes a tremendous difference, at least in my household, because I find that the more engaged in the technological end my children are, the less socially engaged they become. So it's a fine balance. Yes, it is. It is. Well, I've been chatting to Gretchen Rowe, Community Liaison for the Calvert School, and um, she's a blogger for their online blog community. You can find her and the curriculum at, let me get this right, homeschool.calvert.com. And it's we actually homeschool.calvertschool.org. Oh, oh, sorry. It's not. That's all right. That's all right. Calvert School. I just have it written as calvertschool.org. That's what I type in and I get there too. So. You can get there too um, that way. That's correct. 
All right. Well, we talked about um, Gretchen's career, how to best advise our children and um, how to steer them in the right direction when they're looking towards the future. We compared our busy summer days managing a large homeschool family while also having a personal life. Gretchen, it's been a pleasure talking to you again. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the summer. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, Vivian, and I look forward to hearing more about uh, all the exciting things that are going on in your life as well. Well, thank you, and you have a great weekend, and I'll make sure I eat some bangers and mash, especially. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Take care. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. My um, last few guests, and also um, just now with Gretchen, um, we talked about the need to follow our dreams in order to have a fulfilling life and reach our God-given potential. Well, I've spoken a little bit about Max Lucado's book, Finding Your Sweet Spot, and he talks about discovering the one thing that you enjoy doing so much you lose all track of time. And we as Christians can follow our dreams. That's what God wants us to do, just like being good stewards of our money. Once we've tithed, the remaining are ours, so with our time and talents. In our homeschooler, we were avid dream followers. I told my children they could do anything in their lives. My oldest son wanted to be an astronaut, and together we gathered information on what we'd need to fulfill that dream. I enrolled him in outside science classes because I thought it would be easier for him to have a teacher who knew his chemistry and physics rather than one who was learning alongside him. My younger son wanted to work with animals and loved Steve Irwin, Australia Zoo fame. He saw the glamorous side of a hard life, but I encouraged him. I knew his college life, and he was gung-ho on going to college, would be academically grueling with all the heavy science classes. But hey, working with animals was his dream. For the moment at 11, he was happy exploring our land and the adjoining creek. He didn't bother much with academics, and I didn't want to dampen his enthusiasm. My oldest daughter had a natural gift with children, especially special needs children. Unlike me at her age, she wasn't afraid of disabilities and challenges. Even the adults flocked to her at the day centre where she volunteered at 13, and she loved them all. I knew there'd be a lot of tear shedding in this particular field for my twinkle toes, but I sat back and enjoyed watching her develop and use this precious gift of giving and empathy that she had shown since she was a toddler. And my youngest was born performing. I suppose this particular career is a tough one for a girl and all I can do is offer her encouragement and support as she uses her gifts and talents instead of burying them in favour of a more acceptable or financially stable career. Most sensible adults, my parents included, would ask of her, and what are you going to do for a real job? I suppose neither my blue-eyed cowboy or I are sensible adults in the sweet spot sense of the phrase. We both steered clear of these kinds of comments. Where there's a will, there's a way, and not everyone is alike. If we don't try, then we'll never know and spend the rest of our lives wondering. As a child, I was not encouraged to voice my real desires and dreams. And when asked, I'd give a standard teacher or nurse answer. My folks were raised in a different culture during the war and job security became a buzzword. Funnily enough, my maternal grandmother was the breadwinner. She took borders in her large London house and she bought properties in bomb-torn London when they were going cheap to sell later once things had settled down. She was quite the entrepreneur, definitely not a nine-to-fiver. Perhaps those genes skipped a generation. My parents worried about me, my lack of retirement and pension prospects, but I was too young to bother about those details. In the end, I chose... The life I chose was my life, not theirs, and my children's will be the same. In their homeschooling years, I endeavoured to let them know, without a shadow of a doubt, that their future was exactly what they wanted to be. 
And I once spoke to my father about what he would have done had he been able to follow his dream. He said he'd have bought a large sailing boat and spent his life on the water exploring the world. I would never have guessed that. As a young girl, I discovered my father couldn't swim, and he learned we were, he learned when we were in Beirut. Who would have thought his dream involved water? When I asked my mother, she said, Oh, I don't want to think about those kinds of things. What's the point? I've made my bed and I'll lie in it. Another one of her remarkable sayings. She did admit that her ambition was to read every book in the library. I think they were incredibly happy, especially when they retired. All that hard work paid off and they lived their dream together for the winter of their lives. And when I asked my brother about his dream, he said he'd love to work in a pub, write a book, paint. What? His government job keeps him so busy. I've never seen him draw or write for pleasure. Perhaps one's job can end up becoming one's dream, but I suspect there are a lot of people who long for the hours when they're not at work. I hope that never happens to me or mine. Well, look at me. I've managed to rattle right on for another hour. So I'm going to have to wrap up until next week. I'm going to play. Well, no, I'm not. Well, I am. I'm going to play this weekend, but I'm going to a play this weekend at a teeny little local theatre tonight. Holds about 70 people. So that should be fun. And this weekend, we're going to be finishing up the carpets, cutting pieces for inside the cupboards and making doormats to protect the main floor from muddy feet. What muddy feet? We're keeping an eye out for the perfect curtains and are going to go to a fruit and vegetable market nearby to stock up unhealthy food. And I may get to wander around a graveyard too. Yay! There's a large one close by. So without further ado, I'm going to say thanks to my handsome husband who believes in love at first sight. Our four children who are the result of that belief. I miss you three in Texas. The hardworking staff at Toginet Radio, my guest Gretchen Rowe, and you, my faithful listeners, especially Anne in Lindale, Hannah, Tina, Rosemary, and many others that are part of my growing audience. Listen to my friend Sandy Fowler, host of Heartfilled Holidays on Mondays, and Ali Lepreet later on this afternoon. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord show you his kindness and have mercy on you. May the Lord watch over you and give you peace. Doop, doop, doop. Doop, Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney on Togi.